0: Do 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 do. Do do, do
1: do 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 do
0: hello you've reached the offices of denny taylor l p c It's not your fault. How can I help you today
1: uh hey uh Mr. Taylor, i gotta thank you so much for the therapy you've been recommending for me, but I gotta say, man, I don't think this is really working for me.
0: look at me, son mm it's not your fault.
1: Yeah, well, I I hear you, but I I still just don't think the movie therapy is working on me whatsoever. I mean, I I got too many too many issues.
0: It's not your fault.
1: Okay, yeah, you said that, but I mean, just these issues stem from all just a a, a history that I'm I'm having trouble getting away from.
0: It's not your fault.
1: Listen, all right. I hear what you're saying. I don't know if this is all some sort of grand lesson here. But it's starting to frustrate me a little bit. I don't want to have to get violent again.
0: Greg. Yes. It's not your fault.
1: Fine, I'll tell you. I'll tell you everything. I punched a... (laughs) I punched a baby when I was a child. A teenager. I was very drunk. And so was the baby.
0: Fuck that baby. It's not your fault.
1: (laughs) That's right. It's the baby's fault. Therapy, Ooh. ladies and gentlemen.
0: I'm glad that worked. It's literally my only move.
1: <laughs> That's how you get your license. <laughs> That's the trick. You don't even need to go to school, folks. You only need to come here. Because if you can't afford therapy, school, you're in the right place.
0: Yeah! Who the fuck can do that?
1: Um, Nobody. <laughs> I did it. Rich twice. parents. <laughs> well done.
0: One time my broke ass, paid for my wife to do it.
1: Sure. Oh, well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And I, what I, a nice I, collaborative. I
0: mean, we both did. <laughs>
1: I was there too. I was part you were of also there.
0: Herculean effort.
1: Well, uh settle in with your Dunkin' Donuts and get ready. We're serving up an ice brew, cold brew with some don- a side of donuts special episode of uh movies for win, and this is movies for win you can't afford therapy. <clears throat> episode three. And you know what? The audience has spoken. They selected in a pretty close race. Goodwill hunting won the audience poll, beating out some movies that I would have rather watched, but I understand why everybody <laughs> picked this one. And I'm not mad whatsoever.
0: It's pretty Denny. much the definitive therapy movie. I'll give them that. It wasn't my pick to win the poll, but, like, if you were going to cover one movie about therapy, it's it's kind of good Will Hunting. Right or wrong, right? Like, that's, that's the movie.
1: In a very literal sense, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's why I'm not mad at the pick at all. I think it's, you know, important in a series like this to cover something. You know, we've been a little bit more interpretive of the theme, kind of taking our having our own takes about what it means, our own little interpretations, and then having a little bit more of a literal discussion about therapy being portrayed in film. Hey, we got to get around to it, you know? This is your field, buddy. We could have done Inside Out and gone even a little bit more... Um, therapy adjacent but you know more leaning towards you know a kid could understand it but yeah it's basically an
0: instructions manual on cognitive behavioral therapy um could i pause real quick we don't have to stop recording this can be on the air i am completely distracted by the fact that you are dressed exactly like the stay puffed marshmallow man right now
1: (laughs) oh (laughs) Jesus!
0: Everyone, for those at home, Greg is wearing a mm. white NHL jersey, a white hat, um, a little a little blue, and a red <laughs> scarf. There's a coming out of the no.
1: <laughs> there's a red hoodie under the jersey, and it's coming out, and it looks like a red scarf.
0: <laughs> but you're dressed exactly like the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man.
1: <laughs> Look, you're right. But it was not on
0: purpose. That makes me so happy. It just lifted my mood. I just wanted the world to know the special event that happened while we were recording.
1: But we're not doing Ghostbusters this week, sorry.
0: (laughs) Greg hasn't even seen Ghostbusters!
1: I'm dressed for the wrong movie. I should be dressed like Ben Affleck and wear a different hockey jacket with uh, electric tape over the NHL and Boston Bruins logo like he did in this movie. that was funny
0: i should have just uh not changed clothes from work and then i would have been in my robin williams cosplay
1: Mm. you're missing all the arm hair but yeah i see what you mean
0: god that man has hairy arms doesn't he
1: god bless him absolutely he does all right well before we uh get good into the will of the hunting or whatever Stupid title. Um, we're gonna talk about the other movies we watched this week. So we got a little bit late recording this one. Uh so we had a, a few extra days of um movie watching build-up, a little bit of a backlog. There was also a big ice storm in Texas last week. So <laughs> yeah. speaking for myself, but I believe Denny also got a lot of stuff done in terms of <laughs> Getting getting through the watch list, so...
0: I got sick for two days, too, so I got even more time in front of the TV.
1: Yeah, I'm pushing a few movies to next episode. I'll I'll just say that, and I've still got a
0: lot. Dope. Um, I'll be brief, because I have a lot. I'll I'll just clear out the queue. Um, Oh, wow. So, I watched uh, Brandon Cronenberg's Infinity Pool. Um, currently in theaters, uh, it was super weird, um, and super duper dark. And I really liked it a lot. Um, it was, uh, it was, it had all the cool David Cronenberg stuff. So there's like father, like son, but it also had this sort of Lynchian surreal element. Um, there were the, the cinematography, like most of the movie, it looks like they're using digital zoom on the camera. You know what I'm saying? Where mm-hmm. like you zoom in as far as the lens can move forward, and then digitally you can zoom in a little more, but it doesn't look very good. So you're never supposed to do that. They mm-hmm. they did. I I don't know. I don't know if they did it, but it looked like they did it. Um, and it created this uh, just off kilter. Something is slightly wrong, but I don't know what. But in a good way, you know, like you were supposed to feel uneasy.
1: In a stylistic uh, way, yeah.
0: And man. Mia Goth just slays she like I've only seen her in X Pearl and Infinity Pool and based on those three movies alone there's no doubt in my mind she's one of my favorite actors like she's so fucking awesome um and she she really had some chances to shine in Infinity Pool um but being brief and moving on I watched Turning Red the Pixar movie uh, it was Yay. the 1,000th movie I reviewed uh, on my on my Criticer and Letterboxd. Uh,
1: Congrats on 1,000, buddy.
0: Thanks, man. Greg and I had a lot of talks about a cool movie I should pick for my 1,000th movie. And then I accidentally got to 1,000, and it just happened to be turning red. <laughs> so so, <laughs> so N-
1: Nicholas Cage's World Trade Center is 1,001, I'm assuming. Maybe
0: maybe for my birthday party. We'll just have everyone over okay. to watch World Trade Center. Maybe for my 9-11 party this year.
1: <laughs> I must have missed last year's.
0: Oh, man. We had a hot girl 9-11 last year, Greg. You're going to want to come to next year's. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I watched turning red um and I thought it was just fantastic uh it is easily one of my favorite Pixar films. I would put it up there in the in the realm of like wally um it is it is a really really, really beautiful movie like the animation is just like every frame is a painting. you know what I'm saying like it's so mm-hmm. good. And it's probably the best puberty movie I've seen since fifth grade. Uh, So I'll give it that as well. Uh, Because it didn't win the poll, but I got in the mood for it anyways, I watched Inside Out. Um, I've already kind of... I don't know that there's a lot to say about that other than it's fantastic and a really, really uh, smart movie about... uh, how our emotions become more complex and we have to say goodbye to some things that really mean a lot to us as we grow up you know like it's awesome and uh the only ever amy polar performance that i have enjoyed so inside out was cool um i watched Hell, yeah. vengeance uh bj novak's ben- vengeance vengeance It came highly recommended from multiple people to me, and I always feel bad when I don't like a movie that a lot of people are excited to talk about with me. Um, But I thought Vengeance was mid at best. I thought it was uh, pseudo-intellectualism. I thought it was a really, 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 really contrived mystery. I didn't hate it, but... I was not into vengeance. Um Yeah, I think I, I
1: had that one a few weeks ago. I think I said pretty similar things too. Yeah. It was it's fine. I liked watching it. The Texas jokes land with me. Sure. But <laughs> the real meat of the story is just kind of not it wasn't really grabbing me very much. Well, Sounds when, like same for you.
0: When I want Texas jokes, I have a perfectly good King of the Hill. I don't I don't need to go <laughs> to vengeance for that there's hank um so that's the cool. movies i watched i watched a lot of shows um i watched season three of miracle workers do y'all do you know miracle workers
1: no so it familiar. is
0: it is a, a steve buscemi project steve buscemi did i say it right why did i second guess that i'm very tired Ah, uh, you're you're good <laughs> so it's steve buscemi and daniel radcliffe and steve buscemi an executive producer Um, it's same cast every season, um, but every season is different. Like, the whole premise, none of the characters are continuous.
1: Oh, yeah. I know what this is, yeah.
0: Yeah. So, I watched, I loved season one, uh, season two didn't really do it for me, I never finished it. Season three, I watched all in one sitting. It's not this, like, holy shit, it was so good, but it is a very enjoyable, very fun season of television, um, I think there's, there's lots to love about it. Um, I watched, um, I, I'm current on The Last of Us. I didn't think I was going to watch the show, but everybody's so hype about it that now I'm hype about it too. That is a very high quality television program. I, oh, <laughs> Vanessa and I had a therapy day where we watched, um, Good Will Hunting and then we watched the apple tv show shrinking starring jason siegel as a therapist um and then we watched the patient um the the steve carell show and we were like holy shit. oh yeah we've been on this couch all damn day and uh we watched we're three for three on therapist with dead wives how <laughs> like how did this happen <laughs> uh, it's in everything we've watched today um Shrinking is really fun. It's uh Jason Segel and Harrison Ford. Uh and Harrison Ford is com- is cast as a man who is just curmudgeonly and bitter as he is, so he doesn't have to try, so he works. Um I'm a Jason Segel homer and he doesn't do that much anymore, so I was I'm I, I'm always going to watch for him. Um the show is a little outside of reality for me, but I still enjoy it. Um the things that therapist Jason Siegel is doing with his patients, like the show presents them as like funny and cute and just kind of quirky, uh, kind of like Robin Williams and Patch Adams, you know, like taking some real risk to um, mm-hmm. to really see the human or whatever. But the thing is, in real life, what he is doing is like exemplifying horrible judgment um, like, he would be a horrible person that I would want nothing to do with and would hope was not allowed to practice therapy anymore, so I'm a little little back and forth on it. I do enjoy the show, and I'm about halfway through The Patient, uh, where Steve Carell is a therapist with a dead wife who gets kidnapped by uh, Dommel Gleeson and, uh, and tries to talk him down from his murderous tendencies um it's pretty good i'm only halfway through though uh i I like it so far and i think that's it i think that's my whole watch list i also uh no big deal but i beat mario odyssey you don't have to applaud no please don't applaud Uh, (laughs) so i beat the story mode vanessa is close to 100 percent completion which is nuts but that's actually more than tv or movies what we did with most of our time indoors uh, in the ice storm
1: damn all right um. Yeah, I guess I'll go through my things now That was a lot That was um, a lot more than I was expecting A lot of television Yeah, and I watched a I lot ca- of TV I, kinda, I wanted to get your take on The Last of Us Because you haven't played the game No, I at haven't At all No I played through the first game Which is where, you know This is kind of The show's kind of taken us through yeah. I played through that game like a bunch of times uh, And I kind of wanted to get your opinion on I'm glad to hear you like it as somebody that did not play the game and don't have like the perspective. Cause man, like I mentioned, I guess last week that it's a really cool show. It's really true to the video game, but like, maybe I was questioning a little bit of the point of adapting a narrative based piece of media into a different visual narrative based piece of media. But episode three kind of diverged from that a little bit and yeah. showed us, subverted a lot of things and just like. Man, it showed us something really fresh and new and emotional. I thought episode three was great. Episode four got us right back on on track with uh, kind of following the game a little more closely.
0: Yeah, I assumed it, that uh, episode three wasn't uh, in the game because I was like, what the hell kind of video game would this be? <laughs> <laughs> this is a weird side quest. Yeah, I assumed that, that was uh, that was just original content. Loved it, by the way. Beautiful, beautiful love story in episode three.
1: Get Frank out of the hole. All right. Um. Yeah. In The Last of Us, we watched that. We watched episode three and we loved um Ron Swanson. We loved Murray Bartlett, who played Frank. And I had never seen that actor before. And we got a full dose of Murray Bartlett because after that, we will fit, watch. We started and finished season one of The White Lotus. I
0: was going to tell you, you need to watch that if you liked him. What did you think of The White Lotus? I was crazy about it.
1: I'm not a hundred percent sure what the show even is, <laughs> but I really like it <laughs> mm-hmm. It's stupid, good, and like it's so wild, like Murray Bartlett, like all the huge name actors and like people that I just love watching, like taking on these incredibly subtly awful and like <laughs> deep characters, and then Murray Bartlett like come like an actor I've never heard of like comes in and steals the show dude it's yes. incredible to watch
0: armand man it's my favorite character
1: armand oh, ice cream i
0: fucking killed stuff. yeah he's <laughs>
1: he's terrific he's so funny it's uh i really like it i can't wait to watch season two uh jennifer coolidge is a treasure and i'm glad she's back for season two hey <sighs> so <laughs>
0: that's <laughs> go on i'm sorry
1: that's, that's my impression of that
0: was fucking awesome
1: jennifer coolidge letting out a slight sigh uh... <laughs> that's enough of the television i watched uh... <laughs> movies i watched some movies uh, i wanted to catch up on some 2022 things because we're going to be talking about the oscars in about a month here So I watched uh, To Leslie, which is, um, it's nominated for Best Lead Actress for Andrea Riseborough. She played Mandy in the movie Mandy, which Denny and I love very, very much and talked about on this podcast. And she apparently, like, other actors, like, really campaigned to get her nominated. It wasn't like a traditional, like, grease the the palms of the Academy to get her, you know, nominated. Mm Mm-hmm. Apparently that's a huge problem for some people, but whatever. She is British, and she's playing a central, kind of western Texas alcoholic woman. And it is unbelievable. It is incredibly convincing. She is fantastic in that movie. And it's a it didn't make a lot of money it was clearly a very low budget movie it's shot in places where I like i don't think they needed permission to film in this in like 90 percent of <laughs> where this film is shot at but like mark Marin's in it andre royo from the wire who's also british is in it like uh allison janney is in it like it's it's stacked with a uh, good cast and everything it's just yeah it was it wasn't on anybody's radar and certainly not mine until that Oscar nomination and I really liked it. I thought it was pretty good but her performance makes it um... worth seeking out. The other movie we watched not nominated for any Oscars Minions! Rise of Gru. That got put on Netflix. My wife likes the little minions. That very funny. Kind of cute. They're doing their thing. Sure, it's, it's a movie. It was fine. I didn't hate watching it. The, a lot of the story was <laughs> really reaching at most points i mean but it was it was colorful and the yellow guys said funny words so
0: did they get the band back together greg
1: uh it broke apart then it got back together well this is semi-origin story i guess the band's always been together though that's all i'll say um another net movie on netflix we watched emily the criminal which is an aubrey plaza movie Mm. where she's good I liked her in it but it's pretty forgettable it's just kind of like a kind of crime drama for like someone seemingly innocent just kind of pushed to the edge I'm gonna do crime now but it's all credit card fraud and you know it's it's fine it's whatever it's
0: that's not a very visually interesting form of crime
1: (laughs) they make it work okay uh, it's not bad though. I think it's a solid story. I just think maybe in a year or two I'm not going to remember much of it. But yeah. Aubrey Plaza is really good in it. I don't. I like seeing more of her. More on that in season two of White Lotus. There we go. Um, the last thing I watched for uh, this week, we watched <laughs> Knock at the Cabin in theaters. Yeah. The new M Night Shyamalan movie. Um. I like Shyamalan. Old was not really my thing but I respect Shyamalan as a filmmaker this one's a little bit less polarizing for me I think it's it's not a great story and you can just kind of telegraph what's gonna happen or what's really going on kind of the whole way through I'm not gonna spoil anything at all but yeah it's just it's the story isn't really what's grabbing you what's grabbing you is Dave Bautista Just giving you a performance of a lifetime. He's fan-fucking-tastic in that movie. He's so good. I love... I want him out of comic book movies. (laughs) (laughs) Not action comedies. Not comic book movies. Like, put him in stuff like this and he can really shine. So, it's good to see something like this from him. Um, And the other thing is Shyamalan's visual creativity. I think he's a fantastic shooting the scene in an interesting way director when it comes to the stories he tells and the stuff he writes maybe not so much this is adapted from a book so it's not like his own um brainchild screenplay mm-hmm. so but i don't know if he wants you to feel tension you feel tension it's he's a very good i i, I was really glad seeing it in theaters because he uses sound very well as well, but he he shot the hell out of it. He out-directed um, the story, is what I'll say. But it was fine. I enjoyed it a lot more than I think a lot of other people did. I think the story is what loses a lot of other people, but I don't know. I don't think it's the worst.
0: Cool. I will probably go see it this weekend, and as someone who's always been rooting for Big Dave, I am happy to hear that he just crushed it. I know that like he turned down a lot of like tough guy roles early in his acting career. Cause he was like, no, I don't want to be like an ex wrestler guy. I want to act, you know, like he had yeah. trouble breaking in because he wouldn't take those like shitty, the rock in the tooth fairy or, you know, like what have you type of yeah. roles. Like he was like, I am here to fucking act and I'm going to act and I won't take parts that don't allow me to use that craft, you know, like, so good on him, man. Good on big Dave
1: yeah he held out and it paid off here so yeah he he deserves i think he deserves your uh price of admission um all right speaking of price of admission how do you like them prices of admission <laughs> it's good <laughs> i don't know man it's goodwill hunting folks we're ready to get into it you ready to get into it denny
0: i am greg i am ready for goodwill hunting
1: all right Goodwill Will Hunting, of course, is a 1997 movie that you can watch on Showtime. You can't say Showtime without, like, jazz hands. So. <laughs> there we go. Uh, if you happen to have Showtime, for whatever reason, it's there. I think I did Amazon rental. I guess Denny did the same. Yeah. Unless you have it on VHS somewhere. VHS. Sad to say. Well, Denny, I actually wanted to um, surprise you a little bit. It's a good surprise. Season three of Movies for a Win. we got to introduce some freshness into the mix, okay? Okay. So real quick, I want to introduce a new gimmick of the week.
0: I thought it was ambush trivia and I started sweating.
1: I saw you sweating bullets over there. No, no ambush trivia right now. I am giving the Critiker review of the week. This will really set the tone for the movie we're going to watch. These are reviews that happen to catch my eye for whatever reason, whether they're good or bad or someone completely missed the point. It's just whatever got my attention. So, <clears throat> this review that I read on Critiker for Goodwill Hunting, and then we'll get into the plot of the movie. Script wise, not all that great. A couple of long monologues I could do without, and Van Sant's persona is absent at times. Van Sant is the director, guys. I actually like his pretent- pretentious slow films, but overall, a charming film nevertheless. Matt Damon is a beautiful boy, and I bet Van Sant agrees. Just look at Damon's face, bathing in milky sunlight in the psychiatrist's room. Six out of ten.
0: I like Not sure why this that gimmick. one caught my eye, but... <laughs> i like this gimmick a lot
1: i'll be back for more baby all right you, denny could you please like uh <laughs> i know you um why don't you go ahead and summarize goodwill hunting for us
0: goodwill hunting um let's see troy barnes is a college student who has a secret gift for plumbing uh but all he wants to do is learn things oh shit sorry sorry sorry
2: um <laughs>
0: Will Hunting is a janitor at MIT who, in his spare time, solves impossible equations for the fuck of it. Um, He likes to get in lots of fights, though, but thankfully, when he got convicted for uh, assaulting a police officer, a professor got the judge to overturn the ruling because he's good at math. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So. That's right. uh, He gets out of uh, uh, life in prison. Under the condition that he studies math and goes to therapy once a week. Uh, He proceeds to fuck with all of the therapists until finally the professor calls in a personal favor to his old frenemy, Robin Williams, or whatever the fuck the character's name is. It's Robin Williams. Um, And Robin Williams proceeds to therapize the living shit out of our precious will hunting. And we see a lot of parallels happening in his life as he figures out what he really wants uh figures out what intimacy is and why he's so afraid of it what is his fault and what isn't his fault he has to ask all of these questions as we go through our good will hunting but the most important question posed by will hunting is easily how do you like them apples and that's a pivotal turning point in the movie um so basically it turns into this like they want him the to be like the next Einstein, but he just wants to go get laid and the point of his therapy is to find out that it's actually more important to be laid than be Einstein. Um, <laughs> was that was that good enough?
1: <laughs> I think you're nailing it, man. Okay.
0: Um, what's what's <laughs> what's your relationship with this this beloved classic, Greg?
1: Well, it is a beloved classic. I think I've always known about this one. I didn't watch it until maybe like eight or nine years ago. And I thought it was pretty good. Mm -hmm. I liked it. I can't remember why I watched it. It was just like, eh, it's about time. Maybe it was on like Netflix at the time. Mm -hmm. I was like, ah, I put it off long enough. And I thought it was pretty good. And then uh, it won our poll. And for whatever reason, I was just like really not excited to watch it. Mm -hmm. I was like i know this movie's good like it's a classic and i've seen it and i like it why do i not want to watch this movie right now yeah i just i just was not about it this past week and yeah like i said that's not the audience's fault that's that's a me thing um we'll get into that as we discuss the movie but denny what's your relationship with uh mr hunting and his movie
0: i believe i first saw it just like five or six years ago um I believe it was in a cinema therapy group for addiction recovery i was leading um i i think they mm. in a in a another audience poll because they got to pick the movies uh goodwill hunting one <laughs> one week um real popular with the crowds um what what stands out to me most is uh as i was doing research for my cinema therapy group and a literature review um <clears throat> i saw i saw an article published on cinema therapy uh, that cited this movie as a good thing to use, but it specified that you should tell your clients after showing it that you will not choke them if you're upset with them. Uh, but which just like stood mm. out to me as something so fucking hilarious um, that uh, I-, I told the group when I let it that uh, they don't need to be worried about me choking any of them if they insult my wife. So... <laughs> Um, who's live, by the way yeah i think i'd only seen it once before i remembered it very well uh it's doesn't take a lot of watches to digest it leaves a pretty good memory i would say
1: yeah i would agree with that so we need um
0: we need to open with the elephant in the room greg yeah go for it will hunting was provided pro bono therapy and rejected it this movie is off theme Will Hunting could afford therapy?
1: Oh, you done screwed up, audience. It was literally free. In fact, it was court mandated. Oh, man. Well, he couldn't afford it before he got into a weird slow motion fight. That
0: fight was so bad.
1: Dude, it's... it was like the, when you and your friends were little and you would just, like, pretend be in a fight. Be in a pretend slow-mo fight.
2: Oh, no.
0: Oh, no, he's got a gun. It,
1: it was very weird and there was very loud music playing over it. It was it was a jarring time. Was it actually slow-mo or was it like I had described? I think it was nerd? just
0: really fucking awkward That's what it was.
1: Yeah, I think it was a healthy mix of both. I got to agree with you there. Um, yeah, sorry for this one being off theme. Sucks, man.
0: It's all right. I just wanted to be persnickety to be honest. I thought it was funny.
1: Yes. Now, before you, you know, before he was mandated to attend free therapy, he was being using mathematics for, you know, therapeutic reasons, which I find preposterous
0: men will literally solve impossible equations instead of going to That's therapy <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, <shit>.
1: <laughs> literally <laughs> um i do want to i'll say something and i want to preface it by saying like i said on the top it's a good movie i like this movie i think it's fine this is one of the worst movie titles
0: yeah what the fuck ever. is that about
1: it is obscenely bad
0: I thought like, it was like a pun. I thought like goodwill hunting was some sort of phrase, you know, like and his name is mm. Will Hunting. Like I thought I thought goodwill hunting was a thing. It's not. It's just it's the not. name of the fucking movie.
1: What are you hunting for? Awesome. Goodwill. Mm. Ah, you mm. see? No, it's just we wrote his name like that. We we made his name like that. This wasn't a real guy. Um can't wait to watch Good Michael Clayton. I mean, whatever. Uh, alternative title, Good The Will Hunting Story, taking after Al Yankovic.
0: I like the sequel, Bad Will Hunting. This time it was his fault.
1: <laughs> oh, man. I would watch the hell out of that.
0: Yeah, me too. <laughs> it's the dark
1: dark universe hunting.
0: I mean, I would say this on Is This a Good Movie or Not... When Robin Williams is on screen, it's a good movie. When Robin Williams is off screen, it's really not that great.
1: It's okay. Yeah. It's a very serviceable movie.
0: Yeah. It's not, it's never like hard to get through, but it also like, it seems like, uh, uh, Will Affleck, Ben Affleck and, uh, Will Hunting, Matt Damon found a dirty joke book that they really loved and they just wanted to write a movie to use it as a platform to share some of their favorite jokes from the movie there's also a lot of friends bickering which is really really not what i want to watch on tv i can't stand it um and i will say this (laughs) when will hunting is like being super smart and shutting that guy down in the bar that is that is how Rick and Morty fans view themselves. <laughs> like, that's, <laughs> that's what they think they're doing out in the world. <laughs> like, it was such like lame incel wish fulfillment of like just completely emasculating this like good looking, rich, successful dude with how smart they are. Jesus. That was hard to watch. Yeah. Hey, uh,
1: you think you're so smart taking what you learned from a textbook? Why don't you go on over there and I'll buy this kind girl some uh, Szechuan sauce. Eh? <laughs> I was losing the Boston there. I'm sorry.
0: How do you like them pickles? It's, I
1: can't. I can't do a good Boston accent because I haven't been in a traumatic uh, car accident. So. What
0: The fuck. Oh. Cheers.
1: Cheers. <laughs> our apologies to our Boston listeners. <laughs>
0: We're gonna hear you guys something. Talk a from little Adam. funny.
1: <laughs> like I said, sip your Dunkin' Donuts and calm down a little.
0: Dude, there are a lot of Dunkin' cups in this movie.
1: Did that? Did you notice that too? I think it's authentic. That's just authenticity. Like I don't. I don't. I'm not gonna hate on it. I did notice it, and I'm like, no, oh, it's it's what it is. That's the way the It's was. like Starbucks in Fight Club. It's just. It's what it is.
0: If the world runs on Dunkin'. They're gonna have Dunkin' if you make a realistic movie.
1: <laughs> that was just the cruise litter. They never picked it up. <laughs> what a charming town. Uh,
0: <laughs> I don't want to shit on Boston. Like I don't,
1: I've never been. I don't hate it. <laughs> oh man, they've got some great schools. They've got some great hockey programs up there. I'm not. I'm not gonna hate on the city of Boston anymore. I'm done.
0: I don't know anything about Boston. I'll give it a few minutes. <laughs> The Boston accent seems seems to invite criticism. I don't know why. <laughs>
1: They're asking for it. <laughs> uh, it didn't last 10 seconds. All right, so we got to get off. <laughs> we got to get off. This, man. Um, I, I, I'm always curious in movies like this. Movies are shows where it's like we're showing that somebody is a genius in their field. Or whether it's like a good writer or like a mathematician here or like a... A brilliant uh musician like in whiplash and i wonder like are they really doing something incredible or mind-blowing or is it just like professional level but the comet audience just doesn't understand it because there's a scene where they just connect the dots on a fucking triforce <laughs> on a chalkboard
0: and they're like my god he's smart
1: and this it ruined one of the guy's life yeah <laughs> <laughs> Holy fuck he colored it in.
0: What They're all like just trying to do number lines, but they can't get the numbers in the right order until he just <laughs> My life's work is ruined. <laughs>
1: I'm gonna go back to squares. This triangle shit is
0: only he can do it. <laughs> oh man. <laughs>
1: But for all I know, that is a very difficult thing he did, or the writers did. I don't believe for a second that Ben Affleck. Like, he. They had consulting. <laughs> ben Affleck doesn't know shit about triangles. Ben Affleck can't try force. There's one thing I know, it's that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, my God. For, like,. All right. Being an Academy Award-winning classic <laughs> that literally everyone loves. There's a lot to make fun of in this movie. I don't know about shit on, but make fun of, definitely.
1: Right? Like, <laughs> Yeah. And I, I can't tell if it's the 1997 of it all or the Boston of it all. There I go again. But, like,
0: <laughs> I think yeah, you're right. I think it's both of those things. People just like to rag on Boston. Um Two 90s dramas have this certain uh, veneer to them. You know, like, yes. they're... yes that, that doesn't really... It's not it's not how we do dramas now, and it seems, like, kind of cheesy retroactively. And mm-hmm. the, the third element, I think, that makes this easy to, to poke fun at is uh, Danny Elfman's score, which I was, first of all, shocked to see that Danny Elfman scored this. But the, yeah. all the, like like it seems like it seems like fucking Matt Damon is on a whimsical childhood adventure while he's solving all of these like it's like (laughs) he's on his way to fucking Neverland with that soundtrack man like they could have dialed it back a little bit like what was that about it's so uh uh I don't I don't know the word I'm looking for
1: I'm not sure either but I you I you brought about, like, the veneer of 90s drama, and I was really glad you said that because I was specifically going to bring up the music. And it's not just this movie, either. theres It's such a flute-heavy sound. <laughs> yes, it, yes! You just, like, expect Mr. Tumnus to be behind the chalkboard, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> sorry, I should have saved that for where you Ooh, weren't drinking. I almost
0: spat out my Diet Dr. Pepper all over this laptop.
1: <laughs> Sponsor us.
0: Uh... <laughs> oh, shit, I said a brand.
1: Fuck! Uh, big laptop, please. Edit that uh, out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just got this, like, <clears throat> it's not, like, smugness. It's just, like, somebody does something, like, impressive, and it's just, like, this slow zoom on a guy sitting in a chair who's, like, supposed to be good at this, and he's just fucking dumbfounded. <laughs> like, what is this young man do- but he's a
0: young man, <laughs> a janitor. It's, it's
1: stuff like that. I was under and the like,
0: impression janitors are not very smart.
1: <laughs> Certainly not one from Southie. I wish I didn't they wouldn't realize like, some of these. Perf-
0: what the fuck is Southie? Could you like pretend that not everyone in the fucking audience is from Boston? Well,
1: they're talking to each other. They're. They're all in Boston talking to each other as if they understand the city they're in.
0: I realized it's a poor neighborhood in in Boston, but like you keep talking about it like I know what it is is all I'm saying. But go on your point to your point.
1: It's it's like neighborhoods in New York. I don't know the difference. Geographically, I do between Bronx, Queens, and I don't know what any of you like. No, I'm from Queens. I do things differently. I'm from this area of New York. I don't fucking know. I'm walking
0: here it's all the same it's all like
1: i drive twice that distance to get to work i don't know and i'm not saying it's like wrong or bad to like identify that way i'm just saying i have zero perspective on it i just don't understand (laughs) i i've come from the flat lands of nothing and chain restaurants i don't have anything cool that's the price i pay
0: we have Whataburgers around here. That's our fucking culture. Do you know what that's like for us?
1: Like 90% of our culture is localized fast food fast food restaurants. So <laughs> forgive us for not understanding.
0: Oh man. Oh man. Um I'll tell you what. God damn, I love your Hank Hill.
1: Huh. Whataburger's great. Wherever you are. There it is. So... <laughs> a little,
0: <laughs> little vengeance humor for you.
1: <laughs> a little reference to a reference. Alright, um, move on to the next thing, Denny. Hit me with what else, what else you got next.
0: Well, okay, I need to talk about what I love about this movie. Um, and it's, yes, please. And it's, it's just all the scenes Robin Williams is in. Um, this has a take on therapy... That has aged surprisingly well, given where we were at with mental health in the 90s. Um, Basically, you have uh, have Robin Williams not using cognitive behavioral therapy, using a much more humanistic approach, using a lot of self-disclosure, telling Will a lot of things about himself, all for the sake of building the relationship. But he also takes Mm -hmm. no bullshit from Will. Like, he's not just fucking around. He's like, no, this is... Because, like, that's essentially what therapy is at its core is a reparative relational experience for people who have had some really bad relational experiences. And there's a lot of techniques and theories that get layered onto that, but that's what the core of it is. And I would say that this is one of the only movies I've seen with therapy in it that really captured that. Um, even to the point, like something Vanessa and I will say to each other all the time, uh, not that we made up, that we learned in school, is in, in a good therapeutic relationship, both the therapist and the client should be changed. If you guys have really connected, if you guys have really established um, a, a true authentic relationship with each other, you should both be changed in some way by it and you saw that in this movie where the relationship with will also caused robin williams to get back at the plate right like to to help move on from his wife's death so mm-hmm. i don't know man i i i thought it was those scenes were very well written i love that it was two men being vulnerable with each other and doing that kind of work and I thought both Robin Williams and Matt Damon gave really, really, really good performances in those therapy scenes. Um, for, for all the, the trash I'll talk about this movie, I'll say that like those scenes just make me not care about any critique I have of the movie. Like Those scenes are so, so good and emotionally powerful for me. So I'm wondering, as a layman, someone mm-hmm. who is not a therapist... Do they have that same effect on you? Or is this just my my specialized expertise having something speak to me? No, I,
1: I would say they do. I would agree with you. I think I see the this similar to what you do. Um, I kind of had that on my mind watching this for specifically a theme of, um, you know, movies for when you can't afford therapy. So I was paying a little bit closer attention to those scenes. But, you know, as their relationship grows, we kind of see it start in such a place of mistrust i i think it's a very good and natural evolution to opening up and becoming more vulnerable first matt damon becoming or sorry will hunting whatever becoming more and more vulnerable as he continues to attend therapy and then robin williams just sort of also opening up and he like he doesn't realize he's becoming As vulnerable as he is, it's just kind of they're, like you said, they're helping each other out. And that's something I was noticing and really enjoying. And I really liked how you don't really see it as much with Robin Williams. But with Will Hunting, you see him carry that vulnerability outside of the therapy sessions. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he was He didn't treat the rest of his life like a therapy session, of course. He wasn't vulnerable all the time. But his time with Skylar, I liked those scenes a lot because it felt like he was, as a result of him going to therapy, ready to be a little bit more vulnerable with Mm -hmm. her. Even though he kind of treated her like shit a lot of the time. (laughs) But, you know, he presumably made up for it in the end.
0: Well, and I, I like that they weren't on the nose about that. You know, like they didn't have him in a movie that can be pretty on the nose, um like mm-hmm. they didn't have him like sit down with her and say, like, I've learned I gotta be more vulnerable from therapy, so I'm gonna open up to you more, all right? How do you like them, apples? Um, he <laughs> it
1: all comes back to apples.
0: <laughs> well, we just we just see the effects of therapy. And they don't have to tell us he this is because of the relationship, and that and that's how it actually happens. You're not like going around life being like my therapist said my therapist said my therapist said you're being changed by this connected relationship that is very safe and then you go create relationships like that other than your therapist and then you don't need therapy anymore right like that's essentially the that's essentially the perfect situation that's what we're shooting for um and I, I thought that they they I, I appreciated that they respected us enough to connect those dots. They didn't have to tell us like, look, he's changing.
1: Yeah, yeah, most definitely. I thought it was very organic, and I think Matt Damon specifically as an actor is very very good at those like emotionally vulnerable scenes. Like the tough guy persona, I feel like he was he was good. Like he's a he's a great actor. So I'm not I'm not gonna dog on the performance very much but i think he shines more in the scenes where he's opening up a lot more i think that's playing more to um his strengths as an actor yeah i guess but i guess you got to have that tough guy southey like wall built up in in the in the character before we can get there we got to earn it a little yeah yeah it was it was good all around it
0: was hard to buy him as like a hard-hitting badass just because he's like pretty you know like um he
1: is very pretty yeah um bathing in milky sunlight as they say
0: something i i actively have to work against in my therapy practice is um like something that is really common and that plays out a lot like they they really captured it well in this movie and we've we've already made fun of it some but like it's so well done and it's very very true to life um I have the it's not your fault conversation with people a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And something I am always aware of in my mind is I'm like, Denny, don't repeat it three times in a row because then you're just quoting Goodwill Hunting and they're going to recognize it and you're going to ruin this whole thing. Like, I, have to, I, I have to be really careful about how I tell people it, it wasn't their fault. So, it's not so a bit. It's not a bit. No, so I'm not doing a bit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it really isn't your fault i swear will i mean <laughs> no. sorry matt i mean no i gotta pick the belt oh no <laughs> oh shit hey,
1: is that is that all you had that was
0: <laughs> all i had i just okay i think of this movie a lot because of that because it comes up a lot in my line of work and i have to be like don't do good will hunting they're going to know if you did goodwill hunting and you are going to like fuck them up for like they think you're just doing a fucking movie reference while they're crying about their job is
1: is this yeah or it's going to ruin your it's going to ruin your credibility this guy thinks he's qualified to be my therapist because he watched that fucking movie is that, is that license real
0: i will say i would pop huge if i ever got like an email from an old client that was like, I have to go see about a girl and said nothing else. (laughs) I would appreciate it if if they did the reference to me, but uh, I don't think they'd appreciate it if I did the reference to them.
1: Son of a bitch. They stole my bit. Uh... (laughs) Got him. Uh... Uh, One more thing I did want to praise. I really liked... Skylar. Yeah. The character the, the love interest played by Minnie Driver who I'm sure is up for the new the starring role in the new movie in the Baby Driver. Damn series. it, you beat
0: me to it. Uh, <laughs> beat me to it. Oh, I was yeah. I was waiting for you to finish so I could do it. <laughs> it was already in my notes,
1: brother. Yeah, I I thought she was good. I thought she's a very convincing actress playing this kind of character. Mm-hmm. I yeah. I Despite her Britishness, I thought she was downright charming
0: well she was really good at being a safe relationship nobody's
1: safe bostonians the british who's next the french get over here
0: (laughs) no one likes the british they're they're an annoying people (laughs)
1: but um how do you like them beans on toast all right uh...
0: (laughs) oi mate
1: oi bruv (laughs) how
0: do you like them crumpets (laughs)
1: not your fault in it bruv how do you like them
0: (laughs) well she was a a really really good safe relationship for will to reject we needed her to seem very genuine and very caring and we as an audience needed to see that but we needed to see that will didn't trust it right like and i think she did a really Mm -hmm. good job of winning the audience over so that it crushed us when will is pushing her away
1: yeah my only problem is he pushes her away way too hard and way too often, like she's taking a lot of shit and still coming back for more
0: so that brings me to my next point, which I was gonna uh, go on. <laughs> I wanted to ask you what you think of the ending because for is as nice of a little bow on the hero's journey as it is as he rides off into the sunset um I've always been bothered that in like. A pretext message civilization his plan uh-huh. is to just drive to California not sure where but California to mm-hmm. find a girl that he does not know how to contact that he has done nothing but hurt and treat like garbage and this is supposed to be a happy ending I'm like Will this is not going to go well man you might want to see if some of those math jobs are open what are you doing right now
1: yeah, some of those math jokes. <laughs> I, I felt the exact same way. Like, my thought... Like, I think he knows where she's going to school. I can't remember. I think it was USC medical school. I can't remember. But they, they say where she's going to school, so he knows where to find her. Yeah. Packing your shit and jumping into her life, saying, like, well, we're here now. Like... I have a hard time being 100% confident that she's just going to take you in like yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's my mature self or my 2023 self or what it is but I just I'm I'm not convinced that that's what's going to shake out man Your
0: your heart of gold a is only going to get you so far with this girl man like <laughs>
1: Yeah, your Boston accent will not carry you that far over there, I'll tell you.
0: (laughs) What if it's like Goodwill Hunting too, and he's just getting bullied in California, looking around a campus, and everyone's making fun of him for his Boston accent?
1: He got... No, he's just... He never made it past Kansas. Where's the fucking Dunkin' Donuts? (laughs) (laughs) He said he's never left Boston. (laughs) And if I...
0: And he doesn't have a GPS. He's, no, he does not. He's, he's never left Boston. He's just driving.
1: He probably glanced at a map one time, so it's memorized. He's good. We we know he's set. um but if I learned any anything from the last of us is that 10 miles west of Boston, it is a
0: absolute It, shit, is, a, no.
1: it is a wasteland full of northwestern uh pine trees and rivers and Hold on a second <laughs> a little dig on the show there but yeah i I agree with you about the ending i'm I'm not left feeling the same happy feeling I'm sure was intended or was felt at the time
0: yeah i I love him sending the note to to his therapist I love him giving Ben Affleck the best moment of his day um mm-hmm. I don't love him driving away with without us you know seeing a scene uh you know like uh of of him (laughs) like making some plans with with skylar or something like um that it's just always rubbed me the wrong way it's just a little it, it works well cinematically but it always left me asking too many questions about like the pragmatism of it
1: yeah absolutely but one thing i do like about it is they play the song "Afternoon Delight" in there, which is a reference to a scene earlier in the movie. That was
0: cool. That was cool.
1: So that put a smile back on my face. They
0: also they stick with the car for the whole credits, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. That was kind of neat.
1: I agree. Oh, sorry, burping. Um, I had a question. I was hoping you could help me with. Uh, what is that? line from community where jeff winger talks about ben affleck getting a screenwriting oscar
0: (laughs) it's it's in the first episode um when he's like the oh humans can connect with anything but you know he's like you know who doesn't watch shark Mm -hmm. week sharks so if we can forgive sharks and ben affleck why can't we forgive each other
1: hell yeah i knew i knew you would know i was like (laughs) I remember it, I I wasn't about to look up the episode, and it was the damn pilot, yeah, of course. Yeah, it's the pilot, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, I guess we could talk about it. Like I said, the Oscars, for um, as of right now, they're about a month away. We're going to be talking about them later. This one, the screenplay for Best Oscar, and this was the year that <laughs> Titanic came out. I think this is original, Titanic may have been adapted, I don't remember what the issue was, like two different awards. Do you think this is an Oscar-worthy screenplay? Even for this time?
0: No, but... Because Titanic took better, all the other it's awards. better than Titanic, so... <laughs> I mean... <laughs> it's a lot better than Titanic. Um, don't get me started on James Cameron. Um, um, a, a short answer to your question, no I don't. Um, because I think the screenplay... Uh, Has a lot of rough edges I think it has a lot that could be trimmed down Um, I think it could be a much more focused screenplay And give us an even better movie
1: Okay Yeah, a little focus Maybe a little bit long without a lot of resolution But I found it very heartfelt I was endeared to most of the characters Um... Everyone was pretty believable. I don't like how much Ben Affleck was written into the movie. No offense. <laughs> He's fine. But damn, like you were saying, like, friends squabbling with each other isn't always Ugh. fun to watch. And it seems like they really kept coming back to those moments.
0: Like, What is this, Stranger Things? Jesus, guys.
1: Season uh, three or whatever. God,
0: three is just teenagers bickering, man. And, and also Joyce and Hopper bickering. Just bickering bickering for 10 hours god i hate season three of that show
1: well if there was some therapy sessions sprinkled in there would you have liked it a little bit
0: more yeah that would have helped
1: goodwill hunting folks also, <laughs> mad- also some mathematics
0: uh i could i could take or leave the math
1: <laughs> i would certainly leave it uh- <laughs> I, I
0: don't do math i deal primarily in feelings <laughs>
1: Your problem is your feckin' triangle's upside down. Uh, <laughs> My God. My God he's done it. Einstein, who? Um <laughs> could we yeah. get some
0: like edited screen caps where like the chalkboard says two plus two equals question mark <laughs> <laughs> And he
1: writes down five and everyone's like
0: holy shit <laughs> 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 he just writes? The away. J. <laughs>
1: hey,
0: fuck you! Runs away. Fuck off. <laughs> I will say, um, I liked that the movie prioritized personal fulfillment over achievements as a form of health.
1: Hmm. That's something the audience can take away from this movie if they can't afford therapy. Yeah. I like that, too.
0: I mean, it's something... I feel like that's kind of my arc. Basically, realizing that I'm no longer young and heading out into the world right now. And if some of the, like, extravagant dreams I had when I was a teenager were going to come true, well, it would have happened by the time I was 33, so... Um, And in my grief of those big things... I'm actually, like, really enjoying not caring about them anymore because I am finding just, like, watching TV with Vanessa and, like, occasionally going out to dinner with friends to be, like, the happiest I've ever been. You know, like, to be, mm-hmm. like, the most fulfilled I have ever been in my life by, by letting go of a lot of these aspirations and being like, no, I don't really want to be successful. I want to be peaceful. Um, and I, I don't think that's something I really picked up on being in my mid twenties the first time I saw this movie, but now in my late early thirties, um, I really am vibing with that. Um, I, I'm finding that that's kind of the key to life, at least in this walk of life for me. Um, you relate to that, Greg?
1: Absolutely. And, uh, <laughs> I think you and I are in very similar places in life, and we've talked about this a few times oh, yeah. on here. And I always like bringing it back up because it's it reminds me of how happy I am to be in the place in life where I am. Yeah. So we'll keep bringing it up. Um. Yeah. As far as like accomplishments versus like personal satisfaction, like I I have accomplishments in my life. There's stuff that I am doing and have done, goals that I set that I met. Stuff I'm doing that I am extremely proud of, and stuff that, like, they're accomplishments for me, and they will never be world-renowned, locally-renowned, or anything, really. Mm-hmm. But they're, like, <clears throat> things I set out to do for myself, and I'm exceeding those things. And I'm very proud of that, and that's all I that's all I need. Yeah, man. Um, I'm not changing the world, really, in any way, but I'm doing stuff, I think, that is really cool and interesting to me and i'm i'm very proud of the stuff i do and at the end of the day i come home and i do even more cool stuff that i'm proud of which is exactly what denny said having dinner with friends watching movies with my wife and doing this uh doing this silly little podcast with my good friend denny and that's another thing i'm i enjoy and i'm proud of and you know it's not a big podcast but i don't really care about that yeah big in terms of like Audience. This is like, in terms of, not a lot in of terms of, you out of there.
0: length, it's a pretty big podcast.
1: <laughs> it's a lot shorter now.
0: Yep. No, dude, but like, I had this epiphany like a couple of weeks ago. This is recent, man. It just hit me one day while I was at work that I was like, "Huh? I have everything I want in life." Huh? That's fucking <laughs> awesome. You know, like I I didn't even realize it, but I was like. My whole life, I feel like I've been wanting something more. You know, just, like, pining for the intangible. Like, wanting wanting something out of the cosmos to tell me that I'm on the right path. You know, like, that I'm using my time on Earth well. And I don't know, man. It just hit me in a moment of clarity that I'm like, I have literally everything I want, and I'm only 33 years old. And... I've kind of felt untouchable ever since. Like, whenever something's getting me down or I'm having a hard day, I'm just like, nah, I'm the guy who has everything he wants in life. You just can't fuck with me, you know? Like, and what what this movie is, is driving home is that, like, what I thought I wanted was not what I actually wanted, right? Like, they're telling him this whole time, you have all this potential. You could be the next Einstein. In fact, you have a responsibility with how smart you are how wicked smart you are um to, to go smart. change yeah. the world and and be a big important person and like the one person in his life that's telling him do whatever you want do what fulfills you is his therapist and i don't know man it's a i i really relate to that of like if someone who wanted the world uh i have bipolar 2 disorder we found out this year and that makes me hypomanic and that gives me some really grandiose ideas about myself and my capabilities um that's my that's another one of my arcs right now is coming back down to earth about that shit um meds are great meds are great they make your podcast more boring but hey what are you gonna do they make your life more fulfilled uh- <laughs> <laughs>
1: I would not classify as boor- us as boring.
0: I wouldn't classify us as boring, but I was like showering before we did this, and I was like, I really don't yell about nine eleven anymore. Ever since I got on meds, <laughs> <laughs> bring back the old Denny. <laughs> don't you? You don't want him. Trust me. <laughs> bring back Denny talking about Marty McFly fucking his mom. <laughs> <laughs> I've I miss matured. the old Denny.
1: nine eleven Denny.
0: I can't talk I'm about Marty McFly fucking his mom. I gotta go see about a girl. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> Greg used to tell me, Denny.
1: He stole my gimmick.
0: Every day when I sit down to record the podcast and you take forever to log on, there's a couple minutes when I think, maybe he won't be here. <laughs> it's the maybe best part of my day. T- <laughs> Maybe he won't answer the Google Meets video call request. He could be yelling about nine eleven somewhere, bigger and better than this. Damn it! In a
1: lecture hall somewhere. Me,
0: I'm gonna yell about nine eleven on this podcast the rest of my life. But you've got an opportunity, Denny. I'm gonna throw cinder blocks off this, off this fucking building and talk about cats. I love- You deserve better. Their construction work was just throwing cinder blocks off of a building. And the whole time I was like, how did they get up there? Why was there a big pile of cinder blocks that needed to be thrown off this building? They gotta be on the ground. It seemed, <laughs> They're up there. They need to be down there. It seemed like a five-year-old's impression of what construction is after watching two episodes of Bob the Builder.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's a Zoolander idea of what construction <laughs> is.
0: Who's winning the match, Pop? (laughs) I'm going to throw these big, heavy cinder blocks off the building. I'm just glad your mother didn't live to see her son as a mathematician. (laughs) (laughs) What is this,
1: a quadratic equation for ants? uh... (laughs) Or whatever those formulas were. I don't know, I haven't been to school in a decade jesus i've been been to
0: school in a decade. seven years for me wait five years what year is it eight years
1: no it doesn't matter does i'm it? doing
0: the old man thing aren't i
1: yes you are I, old man denny strikes again i'm
0: finding out that old people do that not because it's relevant information but because they're just trying to see if they can remember
1: hold on hold <laughs> yeah. on this is for me yeah
0: i i thought it was for us i'd be when they're like oh yeah so I went I was in World War II and I was stationed with uh Jeremy. He was tall oh how, how tall was Jeremy? I thought that was like because they thought the story erroneous. they erroneously thought the story needed the exact height, but now that I'm doing it, I'm like no i'm I'm just trying to see if I remember I'm not paying attention to you at all. I'm just trying to see if, if I can I, remember
1: If I remember this, I can get the rest of it right. <laughs> I get that for sure. Damn. I had something and I forgot what it was. That was a good conversation that I derailed with a cinder block talk. Eh,
0: we, were, we were derailing, derailing, derailing. I think that's when we when we really hit our peak is when we're just derailing each other to the point that we're not even talking about the movie anymore.
1: That's right. Whether it goes deep or jokey, that's where we find our groove. Yeah. A happy place. Yeah. <sighs>
0: Speaking All of right, back not to talking Boston. about the movie anymore, do you have any other thoughts?
1: <laughs> back to Boston. Um, not really. I, I was just kind of, I guess, trying to build off your thing about, um, just feeling like you have everything in life. Yeah. I kind of felt the same way. And I guess this movie reminded me of the same. Like, I had a... Today I was working, and I fucked something up. Ooh bad real bad and it was a big whoopsie-daisy and i could fix it but i was just like i had to really go go for it like kind of rush things and i basically just kind of sat back and was like nobody's gonna remember this in two weeks like i'm good yeah (laughs) like i'm my wife and i like had plans to get delicious fried chicken from a restaurant near us and we went and did that and i already forgot about the mistake i made at work i was just like i sat back and i was like i'm gonna do this cool thing today with my wife and it's gonna be fun and then i'm gonna record a podcast with my friend denny none of this is gonna matter and nobody's even gonna remember in two weeks that i fucked this thing up yep. And i was like all right okay back to work got to do it so
0: do you think what do you, do you, does that just come with like age and perspective like how did you get here where you're able to do that Agent
1: perspective. I think that was. I don't know. I can't remember the last time I did that because I don't make mistakes. Uh, it's a very rare thing for me. Not to brag, but I'm pretty perfect. I've never admitted
0: uh... <laughs> to a mistake.
1: <laughs> Problem is, I over admit to mistakes, and I take them way too hard. And I do everything in my power to never do them again yeah. because I hate that feeling. Me too. Um... <laughs> no, I just. I don't know it was just a moment of like really being able to think about it not stressing out in the moment you know I I work from home these days most of the time so I just had my dog in my lap so I just kind of looked at him and we're just like no I'm here with my dog like I'm not in a stressful environment so I was able to just kind of de take the stress out of the situation and be like okay it's a fixable thing not a big deal doesn't really matter just kind of take a passive approach to it, get the work done, in the time it takes it needed to get done, and on my way, all is well in the world yeah stuff matters less, <clears throat> maybe I guess I don't take so much so seriously
0: well, and I think that like, thanks goodwill hunting when you've when you've been through so much shit and had it be fine, it's just hard to get worked up about stuff like that. Because cause it's just, yeah. it's happened to you enough and it's all been okay that you're just like is this really going to be the time it all falls apart or is this going to be like all the other times that I freaked out and it was just like, fine.
1: Yeah, and like you think back, like I don't even remember what that stuff was. Yeah, Really, like there's there's stuff like mistakes I've made at other jobs or other situations, school, whatever where like I screwed up bad and I thought it was the biggest deal in the world and like I can't even tell you what 99% of those were. Most of it had all.
0: absolutely no consequence. Right? Like, it was all fine.
1: Yeah. The world is fake. Jobs are fake. School is fake. Nothing matters.
0: <laughs> it's, it takes about 30 years to wake up and smell the nihilism. And you would think that would make you sad, but I think we're both proof that it were like, no, it actually makes you feel really fucking fulfilled. <laughs> like, just, just stop caring about shit. <laughs>
1: If you just, like, sit back and realize, like, it's not actually a big deal, your coffee tastes better. Like, you're yeah. not <laughs> you're not chasing it like, oh, I got to get this down so I can be awake so I can do this thing. No, you're just like, oh, I can sip this and enjoy this and then just put some real focus into what you're actually doing. Yeah.
0: I mean, I'll no, even, you... like, <laughs> I'll be able to, like, calm myself down from something just because I have coffee and I like coffee. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, that's all it takes. I'll yeah. be like, hey. Ooh you have a drink of coffee right now that's not gonna last forever let's let's focus
1: <laughs> yeah the cup the cup will empty at some point or it's gonna get cold so my little my little monkey brain just looks at it and goes "Ooh, something i like and i'm just like yeah i'm gonna do something positive now to balance that out all right stabilized on to on to the next thing on to solve this math equation on a chalkboard yeah but
0: then you do that greg and then they start pressuring you to take high level bank and national security jobs you don't the mistake (laughs) is solving the equation just drink the coffee get drunk every day with your friends and get fucking laid that is the message of goodwill hunting and go to therapy that's
1: what i got out of honestly that's what i got out of i need
0: i need that on my office wall get drunk with your friends (laughs) every day get fucking laid Drink some coffee and go to therapy. Counselor Denny's four (laughs) rules for living. Was this really in the movie? Yes. Uh, (laughs) Just like the message of Jurassic Park was that uh, children are cooler than dinosaurs, which is the dumbest fucking thing I've heard in my life.
1: No. It's that dinosaurs are good. There's no other themes there. No message about overreach of capitalism or anything like that. No, no, no. It's all just dinosaurs are cool. And kids are worth saving.
0: <laughs> Not all of them. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum Not is worth kids. saving. That was a message of the movie. Jeff
1: Goldblum is worth saving. And lawyers are worth getting eaten off toilets. Uh, <laughs> but we already discussed Jurassic Park. Uh, a <laughs> long time ago. A real long time ago. Back in 94. So, I guess my only my only other note on this... Complete derailment from the conversation we've been having. The professor, Mr. Skarsgard, is the actor, there's there's like four of them. I can't keep them straight either.
0: I have no idea which Skarsgard um, is which. The,
1: the patriarch of the Skarsgardians. Um, he's a bit of a creep. I don't think we needed all the scenes where he was kind of hitting on students. That was weird and bad. Yeah he kept doing it in front of lots of other people
0: that was uh just part of the that was a perk of the job back in the 90s if you were a professor
1: like five of his students run up to him and one of the girls is like "Ah, i don't care that it's like he's telling them like oh it's it's saturday I'm at my reunion and the girl says like it's really worth your time and he says something to the effect of like well why don't you come and get a drink with me and see if it's really worth your time or something yeah, like that yeah. and all the other students are there and it's just kind of like huh anyways no this is like really important though and that's just it and then he hits on someone else later and it's super
0: creepy yeah but it never gets
1: resolved, so fuck it.
0: That was just a fun little character trait. He hits on college girls.
1: Yeah, Ben Affleck just penned that in there for his own little whims. So <laughs>
0: <Fucking> Ben Affleck.
1: <laughs> I think his best part of the movie was um going to that what was it like a job interview, basically, or like Yeah, I think it was a job interview with that law firm or whatever
0: oh like, yeah 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 when he Ma- goes yeah matt will, damon
1: you know. said like no i went uh actually i just you know sent my representative <laughs> inform <it> me actually <laughs> yeah i really liked that a lot i thought that was great
0: that was a fun scene that was a fun scene good hijinks
1: we love hijinks this is a hijinks positive podcast yes it is i gotta say we have
0: hijinks almost every week
1: this is true Uh, We also have gimmicks every week, Denny, if you're ready to get into those.
0: Yeah, every week before we go on the air, we say, do the gimmicks, do the gimmicks. One, two, three, magical adventures, best friends forever. We do this every week. (sighs)
1: Sorry, I was adjusting my headphones and I missed it. All right, so um, our gimmick of the week this week. It's our gimmick for the theme. Denny, what is your moment of mindfulness? for goodwill hunting
0: we we already touched on it um you know uh, we're defining this as a moment where you can just um appreciate an experience without judgment um Mm -hmm. and it was uh it was will being intimate with skylar um just like when they have a lot of like close-ups of them like stroking each other's hair and just being playful with each other in bed and uh That was a moment where the cinematography was so different from the rest of the movie the whole the whole tone of that scene and the emotions conveyed um that i was just like hey two young kids in love i'm here i'm present for this i'm right here in this moment um they've got me immersed that was my moment of mindfulness what was yours
1: very nice um (laughs) it's something we've mentioned since the very beginning of the episode it's not your fault, oh, I really like that whole scene, and it felt extremely earned the first when we're introduced to Robin Williams, he's giving a lecture to his class. First of all, this scene is very funny because he's he's talking to his class about the importance of establishing trust with your client if you're a therapist yes. Yeah. What's funny in that scene? Little sidebar here is he's like, "Why is trust important?" And all these college-age people dip-shits. in the therapy Utter class are dip-shits. like, uh, uh, so, "So, uh, so they can be your babysitters?" I don't know. <laughs> They're so fucking stupid. Why is trust important for therapy? I don't get it.
0: I know I'm at fucking uh, MIT for therapy for some reason, but. <laughs>
1: I guess there's not really a science to it
0: it's an <laughs> applied science <laughs> I,
1: I i truly could not fathom their misunderstanding of it. <laughs> 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 nobody got it but i I think that really it really gets earned played out like if in their first meeting he's hitting will with like it's not your fault, will's just gonna be like. What's not my fault? You don't fucking know me. Fuck you. I'm going to Duncan yeah. and smoking a cigarette. Yes. Uh, it, like it, he just wouldn't have been receptive to the thing he needed to hear the most. Mm-hmm. So building that trust and then delivering that one-two punch of it's not your fault over and over and over again, and just driving that home from a place of mutual understanding and like empathy is. A great scene that is fully earned and fits with the theme very well.
0: You know what I just realized as you were talking about it? Because I just actually, mm. right before this podcast, rewatched only that scene um, to, to get another take okay. on it. Um, Robin Williams goes there emotionally because that was finally the time Will brought it up. Will is asking him. Hmm hey, do you have any personal experience with this? It sure ain't good. You know, like, Will finally showed Robin Williams that he was ready to talk about this stuff. Robin Williams never pressed for it. Not once, right? Never said, like, you have a bunch of unresolved trauma and this isn't going to get better until you process your trauma. Um, He waited for Will to tell him he was ready. And then he hits him with, it's not your fault. Mm -hmm. God, that's so good. This this movie gets it's- therapy in ways that I have probably never seen another movie get it. Not in American Psycho 2? <laughs> God damn. Huh. I took that bait. I took that bait. You sold that. <laughs>
1: I said with the utmost concern. Uh... <laughs> um not in Vampire's Kiss. Um, yeah, so that's <laughs> well, our moments of mindfulness. <laughs> well. <laughs>
0: there is Vampire's Kiss, you're right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the w- problem is he couldn't have recited the alphabet because he would have got us stuck on the eyes. Vinny, <laughs> 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 what's your favorite line? for a good
0: one? <laughs> You were on fire today, my friend.
1: Um, I'm doing my best. It's the lack of sleep <laughs> that's doing it for me.
0: I'll give... Uh, uh, honestly... If I'm being honest, the answer is my favorite line is, it's not your fault, but I wanted to choose something less predictable than that. Um, That
1: one wasn't mine, so if that one's yours, I I would say go for it, but uh, yeah.
0: I'll just say it is is the best line in the movie. Um, I'll say it's mine. It's not your fault is my favorite line, but I'll give a couple runners up. Um, If you're going to jerk off, why don't you do it at home with a moist towel? I cannot tell you how often I wanted to quote that line while I worked in rehab, and people were using my sessions to metaphorically jerk off um another one I'll give a runner up to is if you ever disrespect my wife again, I will end you. I will fucking end you while choking him. That was just super badass, but the one I was yes. gonna pick <laughs> it's after that fucking neck beard ass bar scene um. The curly-haired dipshit little friend. This could have been the tagline for the movie. As he's running out of the bar, he goes, "My boy's wicked smart." <laughs> and, uh, that just that's little Casey Affleck summarized summarized the movie, Good Will Hunting. My boy's wicked smart. Like <laughs> that's all I needed. Um, what's what's your favorite line, Greg?
1: Delivery of the film. Uh, a couple runners up. Basically, anytime Matt Damon says feckin, because it makes me feel like I'm watching Banshees of Inisherin again. Banshees of Inisherin. Uh, yeah, yeah, that movie.
0: The one they forgot to finish naming.
1: <laughs> Boo. Uh, yeah, I guess people were parking the car in the Harvard yard in this in this one. Good reference. Mm. Starring a
0: Skarsgård.
1: <laughs> Starring a Skas <laughs> That casting was a was a. In... inside joke. <laughs> ben Affleck was like, Hey, we should totally cast this fucking guy.
0: So we can say Skarsgård the whole time.
1: You can call me by my first name. We we still can't remember it. We don't know no, which Skarsgård
0: you are, sir. No we one don't, does.
1: It's out of respect, sir. Mr. Skarsgård. That's what we gotta call you. <laughs> Pack the card, the Skarsgård Yad. Um... But my favorite line is when robin williams is talking about his wife talking about all the little things she does that are you know she's not a perfect person and he says people call these things imperfections but they're not that's the good stuff mm. and then we oh. get to choose who we let into our weird little worlds oh i
0: loved that that fucking scene oh my god yeah i
1: was going to say the whole scene but i just picked that line out of what i thought was one of my favorite scenes in the movie.
0: It's one of the best descriptions of intimacy and love I have ever heard in my life. Mm-hmm. Excellent pick.
1: Yeah, I wish we could have talked about that scene more, but we got a little too slap happy on other stuff. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> It's all good. With reason.
0: What's uh, what's the Critiker score, Greg?
1: Critiker uh, score, I kept it at the same as what I had it for the last eight or nine years or so. It's a good movie. It's solid. just solid good. It is good. Mm, Excuse me. But the problem is, I'm like, I'm never really looking for a rewatch. Like, I don't think I ever would have watched this movie again if it didn't win the poll. But then I watched it, and I'm not... Like, I wasn't mad about watching it. I'm just, like, never really in the mood to seek this one out. Uh, I gave it a uh thirty out of forty, which is basically like a seven and a half out of ten
0: nice I think that's a very fair score uh I went with something pretty similar thirty nine out of fifty um it's it's a nineties drama you know like it's it's contained within that genre um but it's a very 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 good one i thought
1: yes yes indeed um nineties dramas are a beast of their own. I kill We are
0: man, some weird fucking cultural phenomenon made all the dramas like kind of yellow and
1: <sighs> very fluty, like I said just <laughs> <Do-do-do-do-do. laughs> like, oh, we're supposed to find inspiration here, ah, huh. <laughs> the score said so um those are what our scores say, though, Denny, that was good, will hunt, yes, good job, thank you well done cross the board good job hunting um good job denny good job good Danny. denny good good bad movie title good will discuss uh, good ooh good will discussing <laughs> hello i'm will discussing i'm a genius here at mit's podcast program <laughs> My god, that's an edit so seamless.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Your life is just in shambles and you, like, quit podcasting after he seamless edits better than you.
1: I I crumpled my (laughs) podcasting PhD and lit it on fire. (laughs) I quit.
0: (laughs) Life is meaningless. I don't want to be a podcaster. I want to have a regular job. You have so much potential. I want to work at the factory. <laughs> what do they build there? You could be a podcaster. What if Joe Rogan said, I want to work at the factory? <laughs> you have a responsibility. <laughs> now, read this ad from me, <laughs> <laughs> And if
1: you, how do you like them fresh apples? And if you want fresh apples, our partners at HelloFresh. <laughs>
0: I gotta go see about a girl. And when you've got to go see about a girl, make sure you're wearing a pair of MeUndies, the most comfortable, stylish.
1: (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Uh,
0: Um, Greg.
1: I would take money though.
0: Yeah. What are we doing next week? You would take, yeah. (laughs) Guys, I think the main reason we're not sponsored is because Greg and I never try to get sponsored. (laughs) People have like tried to help us do it and we've just been like, ah. I don't know. For me, I'm like I'm having fun. Why make this something I have to file taxes for?
1: Yeah, right. I basically have, I basically have two jobs. I don't want to complicate things any more than I have to. Thanks. Can can we just like do without effort? Um, (laughs) Denny, next week. I'm glad you asked. Um, We ran into a little bit of an issue where we weren't super pleased with Denny's pick for this theme and you know doing one movie a week we kind of opened ourselves up to this sort of idea of extending themes another week or two if there's another movie we wanted to talk about get back to a theme whatever so we're actually going to or you know we happen to do the Lord of the Rings trilogy for example Denny wants another shot at a good movie so instead of leaving it on Captain Fantastic we are going to do Denny's Second pick, the Cohen Brothers film A Serious Man.
0: I'm so excited for so, this.
1: Continuing in the same theme. I'm I'm also very excited.
0: I've only watched it once, but it impacted me so much, I'll bet I think about what I learned from it at least once a week. Really? No joke.
1: Sounds like we should have done this in the first place, but actually, I'm not mad about I
0: actually it. meant to, and then I forgot about it and picked Captain Fantastic, and I was like, no, fuck. Fuck, I wanted Son to do a, a serious bitch! man. We got to rig the pole.
1: Or we can just rig the entire show. We're in control. Yeah. Control is an illusion. We're in charge. Yeah. You obey us.
0: Yeah.
1: Audience. No, they don't. We obey uh, So them. we're doing a they serious pick man. pick
0: movies we don't want to watch, and then we watch them.
2: Uh, uh...
1: <laughs> I try to influence the
0: polls and they don't listen to me. We obey them. What are you talking about?
1: (laughs) We accidentally got a good, good uh, fucking Goodwill hunting podcast. (laughs) A good Good Goodwill hunting, hunting podcast, podcast episode, episode out of this week. So I thought it was fine. Uh, But A Serious Man is next week. Um, Stay tuned for that. Stick around. After that, we've got a new theme, which will be revealed later. We may have teased it in our poll theme. Blah, blah, blah. That's it. We're done for the week. Um, we're actually <laughs> we're recording this on Thursday. We're going to be recording A Serious Man again on Sunday. So we've got a short little tight window to watch the movie and uh, get ready to talk about it with you guys. So we're going to hop off to bed. It's bedtime, Denny. It's the middle of the week. So, Denny, <sighs> written on the chalkboard, I've posed a question, and I need you to prove this theorem of what is the perfect catchphrase.
0: For Greg Wark the Matt Damon Johnson, I'm Denny the Ben Affleck Taylor, saying, Apples for win. How do you like them apples when? But you know what we didn't tell (laughs) ya? What's my apples again?